This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. In the last episode, number 28, you learned from SaaS King Heaton Shaw, how he raised 10.8 million bucks for Kissmetrics, why he decided to sell fund Crazy Egg, and the secret project he is working on now with Neil Patel. Okay, Top Tribe, our guest today is David Hancock, who is the founder of Morgan James Publishing and chairman of Gorilla Marketing International. He's co-authored 12 books, including Gorilla Marketing for Writers, The Entrepreneurial Author, and Performance Driven Thinking. NASDAQ cites David as one of the most prestigious business leaders and is reported to be the future of publishing. David also serves on the executive board for Habitat for Humanity, Peninsula, and Greater Williamsburg area. He's also the chairman of the board of the National Center for the Prevention of Community Violence. David, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Awesome. I love that. Now, look, it has been so fun not hearing about you really from friends of mine, Joel Kahn, Kim Garst, who have worked with you and published their books from you. And you are in such an interesting space with the giant being Amazon, but so many people getting into self-publishing and then people find kind of you as well. Walk us through the demographic, the author demographic that Morgan James Publishing, your company is really serving. Oh, I appreciate that. What a great um, opportunity to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, really, this common theme throughout uh, all the different genres that we publish, even though we started doing just business nonfiction, primarily in the internet marketing space, that was just kind of where we started. Um, the The theme is all of our authors tend to be entrepreneurial in some aspect. They're leveraging the books for bigger purposes. You know, obviously we're selling books because that's how we make money, but even through our nonfiction, our fiction, our kids, and even we have a faith division, all those books still support a larger cause or a larger larger picture. Um, so the common theme is the entrepreneurial nature. And I, I think, again, of all, a lot of our listeners are familiar with some of the authors you've published. I want to share some of them. So Jeff Walker and Launch, which was a bestseller. I know many of the Top Tribe listening have read that. Or Joel Combs, The AdSense Code, or even Brendan Burchard's The Millionaire Messenger were all published by David, again, at Morgan James Publishing. So David, a few things that I want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about where you think the publishing industry is and where it's going, especially since NASDAQ is citing you as the future of publishing um, and you're a humble guy. So you're probably going to try and back out of that. I'm going to push you and say you are the future and what does the future look like? And then secondly, what does a book deal with Morgan James Publishing look like? So can you maybe walk us through that when you're looking at authors to work with? What kind of authors and, and talk to me in terms of business and, and the you know what a, what a book deal looks like with your company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, th really, this is kind of funny. I, I wouldn't necessarily say this when I first get a chance to interview an author, but you know, we only publish 135 titles per year. We get a little over 5,000 submissions. So it, it is a process to find that right fit. But for us, 80% of it is the author. It's who they are. It's what they're saying. 
um, why they're saying it and what their big picture is. Now, obviously, the book has got to be decent. It's going to be good. And the reader needs to benefit from it. But where I get really excited is is, as if there's an entrepreneurial tie-in, if it helps them do something better or reach a larger goal or, or create a certain movement or something along those lines. But then again, from an entrepreneurial perspective, uh, if there's a way to connect the reader and the writer together, whether it's uh, follow-on sales through seminars or, or workshops or other books or other products, that's when I get really excited. You know, because of the other 20%, the book itself, you might laugh at this, but you could always hire a better editor. I mean, gracious, if it's that bad, you can delete it and start over with a, a ghostwriter, mm-hmm. but you can't fix an author that's not passionate, enthusiastic, coachable, and, you know, just entrepreneurial. So you get 5,000 submissions, you said a year, right? We do, yes, and, sir. And you do about 135, actually. So again, one of the folks that listened to us, her name is his, is Carla, and she's stuck in corporate right now. She's in, in Minneapolis. She's dying to go out. She has her own little side blog. She has a little email list, and she's thinking the way to really jump out on her own is potentially write a book. We also have bloggers who, frankly, are broke because they just put content out all day, build an email list, and then don't know what to do with the email list. So they're thinking, maybe I go a book launch route because they hear it's really great. And we talked to Bob Berg, actually, in episode number six, where, again, he sold over 1.5 million books, and he loves kind of this route. So walk us through, for those kinds of the folks in the Top Tribe listening today, what, what do they need to have to come to you? Besides being an entrepreneurial-focused you know, mind and excited about what they're doing, what numbers do you look for to predict if a book launch is going to be successful? You know, it's more of their passion uh, and their purpose than, than their numbers. We'll be willing to talk to somebody that has a growing platform who's not quite there yet if they're passionate, enthusiastic, and coachable. Because all the different successes you're, you're hearing about, and we love Bob Berg. He's had a phenomenal success. All these authors from Brenda Burchard to Jeff Walker to Joel Kamm all did basically the same things. They're duplicatable steps. The hard part to understand is that you have to start somewhere, and a lot of those overnight apparently overnight successes were months or sometimes even years in the making. So we just really wanted to meet with somebody that's got content that has passion and patience. So I am <laughs> you know, just one, one more thing just to think of is, is I, even though we've had authors that have made significant money from their books, and again, that's how we make money. It's easier for us to really get excited about an author that understands that uh, if you ignore the book sales, and this is funny coming from a publisher, it's really hard to sell a book. In fact, nobody wants to buy a book. And if you ignore the book sales, the money that you might get from the book, and heck, or even to ignore the royalty checks you're receiving and just focus on what the book is doing for the bigger picture, you'll end up selling a ton of books. My second book, I sold 40,000 copies to the bank I worked for. I was a banker back in the 90s. And it was only because they wanted to leverage the book to establish themselves as a leader in the space because they had one of their you know, account reps you know, write a, a best-selling book. It's amazing. But I'm looking for that author that's, that's ignoring getting rich and retiring on the book sales and leveraging the book. That's, that's really, really smart. So do you, it sounds like you work with a lot of folks that have some, whether they're upselling a seminar or they're upselling a membership site or they're upselling something inside the book or after the book or they have a brand. Walk us through what the deal, let's say it is a good fit. You love the entrepreneur. You love what they're doing. What does that deal actually look like? People don't know what it's like to work with a publisher. So let's say the book goes on sale and the sale price is 20 bucks. What is, like, do you pay up front? Do you pay after? What do the margins look like? Yeah, good question. So we we kind of have a nice little blend of what you might expect from a traditional publishing world, but also a nice little blend of flexibility and 
author control that you would expect if you were going to publish it yourself. We don't have any fees for what we do as a publisher. There's no packages that we sell. We don't sell services. We don't charge for anything we do. Um, we just ask the authors to bring to us, you know, once we've accepted it, a you know, good quality manuscript that's already been edited. It's as good as they can get it. And then we'll go through it to make sure neither one of us looks stupid. Um, <laughs> and then typically we do pay small advances. And I say small just because we want them to be able to answer the question correctly. What is, if you say, what is small? <laughs> what is under five? Thousand, yes, uh, under five. In fact, just to give you some, you know, reveal behind the curtains, the average advance in America from traditional publishers is five hundred dollars. Now, that's taking into consideration the two point one million that Brendan got on his last book, and and some of the other you know big spaces. The average is five hundred bucks. You um, said Brandon Burchard's his last one, The Millionaire Messenger, is a two point one million dollar advance. Right, he got from uh, he got that offer after his uh, millionaire mystery came out with us. Right, got it, got it. Even you know Hillary Clinton got five million for her book a couple of years ago. So you're taking into consideration all those bigger advances. The average is still only you know five hundred bucks. Um, we pay a hundred dollars, so you can go to Chick Fil A twice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're buying something. You're buying all the chickens at Chick Fil A at that price. That's right. But the reality is, if you say. Anything other than yes to this question, people start looking down upon you. It's funny. And people will ask, you know, say, hey, I understand you got picked up by a publisher. That's wonderful. Uh, did you get advance? Yes. How much? None of your business. That's what should happen. But if you say no, they go, oh, okay, well, you spend self-published or subsidy published uh, or something like that. I see. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just you know, some people just, it's, it's tongue in cheek, really. Yeah. But from a, do- from a dollar perspective, um, like you said, a typical $20 book. I can share with you what we pay and kind of give you some examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that breakdown. So a $20 book, we're going to average about $10 from the bookstore. And that's the wholesale price. And we pay based on what we actually receive. So we pay 20 to 30% of that. So 2 to $3 of that, that, that funds will go back to the author. Now, of course, as a publisher, we pay for all the printing of the distribution, sales reps, you know, logistics of getting the book into the store and handling all those details, but we pay 20 to 30%. Uh, a typical, you know, traditional house, you know, may have been around for a couple hundred years, is going to pay 7 to 12%, 12 to 20 if you've got a really established brand. And uh, on the ebook, audio and Wait, real quick, right. real quick, David, before we go to the ebook stuff, I want to make sure I get this math right. So correct me if I'm wrong, on a $20 book, $10 will go to the bookstore, $3 will go to the author, and $7 will go to Morgan James Publishing. Uh, right. Okay, got it. Okay, so yeah, talk to me about electronic. So on the electronic side, um, typically if we have a book that has a retail price of over $24, it'll have a suggested retail price of $12.99. But if we have a physical book that's less than $24, it'll retail for $9.99. Uh, Amazon and others will discount that typically to $7.99 right out the gate. And then and we just participate whatever we receive you know, be it the 70% of that, um, we just split it 50-50 with the author, just kind of keep it simple. The neat thing about the eBooks is we do have the ability to do various promos from free all the way up to the regular price. So we could do a free listing for a short time or 99 cents for a short time, just whatever revenue, if any, you know, we just split 50-50 with the authors. I, I got it. Interesting. What kind of an emotional question? Are you more excited about the elect- the, 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 uh, market penetration electronic media is getting right now or are you still like the physical book side 
I still have a, a big fascination of the physical book side. The eBooks are fun because, you know, once the initial cost of creating was done, it's just pure profit after that. Um, but historically it's only about 25% of the sales on a typical nonfiction, 50% of the sales on a typical fiction book. And the neat thing is they don't seem to be overtaking. I mean, there's, there's exceptions of course, but typically the better a print book does, the better the eBook does, but it still hovers around that 25%. Got it. Got it. Well, okay, so this has been super interesting. Again, we've got a lot of people that are thinking about, do I go the book route? You just heard the numbers on a $20 book. There's about 10 bucks to the bookstore, three bucks to the author, seven bucks to Morgan James Publishing, which David, you're taking less than what the average publisher is taking, it sounds like. So it sounds like a great deal working with your company. Um, I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends that have worked with you. They love it. Where do you think the future of publishing is going? It's all about collaboration with the author. Publishers need to realize that authors are not just commodities that they get content from, but they're partners, they're part of the family. We have nothing without an author. So from our perspective, the most important part of this process is the author. The more that we can do to help them be succeed, to be successful, the more they succeed, the more we're going to succeed. And a lot of publishers don't get that. And I think that's the core of why we've been so successful over the past years. Because you know, when I started this, I had a, a really, really good paying job as a banker. I didn't need any extra money. I just had a passion for the entrepreneurial book. Um, so I just wanted to help others succeed. And we've carried that through now over the last 13 years and realize that the more that we can do to help an author reach their goals, we're going to meet our financial goals. And that's where it's going. It's it's all about the importance of the author, the relationship with the author and supporting them. Do you love um, or hate so, do you love or hate Amazon? Um is this being recorded? I yes. both. I, I love them and, and hate them. Oh come on, David. Give me the real stuff. Uh, actually, I love them. I do really do. They're doing a lot of neat things. Uh, for, for us, they're about 24% of our overall business. So that means uh, you know the 76% of our business goes someplace else. But they're our largest client. But they do really support authors well. It, you know, there's everybody will complain about whether they're squeezing too much or they're taking too much control. Well, sure, but hey, this is a you know monopoly. <laughs> it's, yep. it's okay. Yep. Um, but they do offer a lot of tools for authors to help them succeed, from their self-publishing platform to even just how they're author central can help communicate uh, you know relationships with the readers and buyers and uh, allowing them to see sales data it's pretty cool I, I think they're they're a phenomenal beast um, and uh, you know I just think yeah, as long as we keep an eye on them it'll all be good <laughs> if you are loving this episode you will love episode number eight where we talk to the head of strategy at GoPro responsible for taking them from $300,000 a year in sales to $300 million in sales and to celebrate the top tribe I am giving you guys the chance to win a GoPro and my top three favorite business books in order to win simply text the word Nathan to 33 Again, N-A-T-H-A-N to 33444 for your chance to win hundreds of dollars in prizes every week. The first one is a GoPro and my favorite business books. Well, David, I can feel the top tribe just giddy right now with excitement. They kind of understand now what happens behind the curtains in the publishing industry. And we are about to get to my favorite part of the show. David, do you know what time it is? I do. What is it? I don't know. No, dude, come on. It's the famous five time. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> this is going to be tough for you, tougher than any of our other guests. And we've had some an amazing, amazingly intelligent guest on the show. What is your favorite business book? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, that's, that's an it's like your question. favorite kid, right? 
I know, right? Well, especially for me, I mean, we, put, uh, we yeah. publish so many books and they're all my favorite. Which one's my favorite kid? Um, I will actually have to go outside of the, of the Morgan James house. Um, my favorite book that changed my life that I still reference today, and I've got a copy of it still on my desk right here, is Guerrilla Marketing. It's in its fourth edition. Jay has passed away a couple of years ago, but Jay Conrad Levison and Guerrilla Marketing changed my life. It is my go-to book and will be forever. Now, we're blessed to, now that we publish, we actually publish most of the Guerrilla Marketing books, but that original one from Houghton Mifflin is the king of all books besides oh, the Bible. <laughs> I love that book. I've read it. It's It really is one of those you keep with you your whole life. You tear it up. You put a post-it note. You underline. You highlight. So we'll link to that in the show notes, David, at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top. Okay, number two. David, which CEO are you following or studying right now? Right now, I have just got an absolute respect and fascination for Dan Miller, author of 48 Days of the Work You Love. He's a phenomenal guy that you may never have heard of, but he's got great content, great passion, great vision, but great products to help people just like your audience who really want to get out from where they're at now or add to where they're at right now by including uh, you know, books and, and seminars and speaking and, and talking and, uh, and uh, other products. He's just really, really phenomenal. He's out there in Nashville, Tennessee, hangs out with people like Dave Ramsey and Michael Hyatt, mm. but he's just, he's a phenomenal guy. So definitely check him out. Dan Miller. Okay. Number three, what is your favorite online tool like Evernote? <laughs> you know, right now, I've really got a great fascination with uberconference.com. We do a lot of conference calls. In fact, all the, the communications we have with our authors are done through masterminds through a conference call. And Uber Conference is an integral part of our daily life. And we've only recently discovered them, but love them. Great web portal, um, customizable lines with uh, no pin numbers so nobody has to remember what pins and they have a great dashboard and you can do screen sharing it's really really cool it's been made our process simpler over the past few months so that's my that's my current fascination mm, great i love that one will uh, again link to that in the show notes now david you're a busy guy you're publishing world around authors i'm curious yes or no do you get eight hours of sleep every night Absolutely. Nice. I'm a big fan of balance. I only work from 10 to 5, Monday through Friday. Don't work nights and weekends. And I'm playing with the kids. Then we do get rest. Oh, I love how many How many kiddos do you have? Uh, we've got two. I've got little Morgan, who is now my 14-year-old, platinum blonde, blue-eyed baby girl. Is the other one named James? The other one is James. God, I'm smart. <laughs> I know, right? He's now 16, and he's a little Einstein, man. He's way smarter than me, but they, they keep us busy. I love that. More, that's, I was going to ask you, who is Morgan James? And now I know. It's your kids. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Hey, how old are you right now, out of curiosity? 46. 46. So, David, if you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. I would say write the daggone book earlier than I did. I didn't discover the, the passion behind writing the books until I was uh, uh, in my 30s. Um, so I, I would say write that book earlier, write that business book earlier. I, I mean, it just, it significantly impacted everything in my life in a good way. Well, David, NASDAQ says that you are crafting the future of publishing. People are going to want to follow you. I'm following you. Where can people connect with you and watch you online? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at David Hancock, uh, as well as on uh, Facebook at D Hancock, um, or just MorganJamesPublishing.com. I'd love to connect with anybody. Boom. There you go, guys. Keys to the publishing world. David, from starting off again in your mid-30s with your first book to publishing world-renowned authors like Joel Kahn, Jeff Walker, Kim Garst, and so many others, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. <laughs> you bet, man. Coming up in episode number 30, you are going to love my guest, Noah Rochetta. Now, he had an idea for his 
kid that led to a $400,000 per year Walmart deal for an iPhone accessory that's just, you won't even believe. This podcast is produced by Oration Recording and is sponsored by Eddie Communications and Roanoke, Virginia's Grandin CoLab, the premier workspace for entrepreneurs and growing companies.